Welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that hopes to one day do a live episode from the restaurant at the end of the universe. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother Peter. Here? How's it going? Hey, man. Um, how are you surviving? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I feel like I haven't really been phased by it yet. I skew a little bit more on the introvert side, so I just like kind of... I don't want to say I've been enjoying it, but I've kind of just been, I'm kind of used to just hunkering down and like either, you know, doing something creative or, you know, watching some TV or movies or whatever. I haven't really, it hasn't phased me, I guess is the best way to say it. How about you? Well, because I'm working through it, it hasn't phased me. Um, yeah, same here but, too about the but, working But thing. the, and when I say working, like I'm going to the office and working. I, I, <laughs> right, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not working from home like a lot of people are. Um, yeah. so my life hasn't changed so much except for like, it's just getting weirder out there. So, yeah. um, yeah, uh, let's put it that <laughs> way. Let's, let me just put it that way to not say too much. So, I mean, um, you have to get into specifics, I guess. So. Well, you know, it's really hard. It's really hard to not talk about this virus stuff because we, you and I want to provide a place where people can go and escape and not focus on this thing. Um, yeah. I just, I, I gotta, you know, because of what I do for a living, it's like, I don't think the general public is taking this seriously at all. <laughs> um, yeah. and I think people don't understand that right now they're not getting a summer at all. Like, because no, everyone's just out and about doing whatever they think they can do. And like, just about everything is canceled for the year. Uh, movies are getting pushed back. Like, it's just bizarre. Like, you know, like there's... There's some really, like, interesting things going on. I just don't think enough people are taking it seriously. Um, yeah. The, uh, what's interesting that I wanted to bring up, and I'll, we'll come back, uh, we'll jump onto this because there's a little bit of a conspiracy, like, because I get into viruses. I think they're really interesting. So, like, there's a, there's a, there's the nerd in me that's like, this is interesting, and I'm focused, hyper-focused, and then the other side of me is, like, terrified because of how serious this is. Yeah. Um, but what I'm really curious about is the post-COVID world that we're going to be living in when this is all over. Um, and what I mean by that is when you uh, when 9/11 happened, there yeah. was a part of the world where um, like security got hyper tight at airports for a really long time, and like other places that you would go, security was hyper tight. And then over the years since 9/11, security is still tight, but it's weaned down just a little bit and you still see armed guards and armed policemen and everyone's wearing bulletproof vests and stuff like that like that stuff's still around but the one thing that's just kind of quirky is that if you want to get on an airplane you got to take your shoes off at security right like before 9 11 right now right now yeah yeah like before 9 11 well, I, I, I know they did that during the swine flu 
epidemic too. I remember hearing about that, but keep going. Right, but my point is the fact that post 9-11, before 9-11, you didn't have to take your shoes off at the, air, at the airport. Now you do. Oh, I so, right, so my yeah. point is, what are the weird, quirky things that we're going to see post-COVID-19? Like, for example, um, are people, like, businesses, I think, have suddenly realized that if you call in sick, technically, you could still make your meeting because of all this online work-from-home stuff. Yeah. So that could change on a business economic level, which is very strange. Um, meetings are going to be very different because we're finding out that meetings can be handled over emails and not sitting down in rooms. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, there's some big, there's some big changes and there's like little changes. And I think that's probably the most interesting thing. Um, and it makes me think of movies like, uh, Demolition Man, where they had to outlaw physical contact. Um, well, I, uh, I really hope that's not the case. I think, um. Some of these other changes are things that, you know, could have been possible for the longest time. And uh, most businesses are kind of just um, being forced to uh, adapt stuff like allowing people to remote in from work, you know, to work from home and stuff like that. And uh, I don't know. I think like I think it'll change somewhat, but not as I don't know. I I think it's going to like some of these changes, I think, are for the better, like uh, not to keep it like. I feel like this isn't super nerdy to talk about, but just the idea that, like, if I have a cold but I can still work, like, I could just telecommute to work maybe, but then right. if I'm actually too sick to work, then it's just like you have to actually call in. So right. I, I don't know. I, I think uh, – I guess I didn't think too deeply about it as you are, but it's just uh, – Well, I don't know. I think I'm trying to look at the positives of I was also in general. This is kind of, I guess this could fall under news, but we'll talk about it now. I was also seeing a story about, like, with businesses closing and stuff, um, comic book companies, comic book stores, they're not getting foot traffic anymore. So yeah. how do they pump out books? Well, there are, I mean, they've already been doing digital comics. Mm-hmm. Um, so does that, the industry looking at that now going, huh, we don't have to do physical print stuff anymore? Do you know what I mean? Like that yeah. that could completely change the landscape for like like entertainment. So we'll get into that when we get to news, but that was something that kind of blew my mind. Like, oh man, I can't believe that this is actually a conversation we're actually going to be having. Um, yeah, I, I think I actually have a lot to say on this one, so I don't know if uh, it sounds like you want to save it for news. Oh no, you can, I, dude. Be, uh... I brought it up, and apparently I didn't expect you to. <laughs> don't roll well, with it, man. Like like my initial thought is, I remember. Um, as soon as this outbreak happened and it started to being uh, where all businesses had to start closing and stuff like that, um, one of my first thoughts was the comic book industry is just screwed. And like, as much as I like, I love comic books and it hurts to say that, like, I just feel like the, the American comic book industry has been like struggling for years, especially those like retail comic shops. And I just feel like, I feel like a lot of the stores are going to close and I hope that's not the case. And maybe some of them have some strategies that I don't know about, but I was just kind of really worried about that, you know, upon just like hearing about everything going on. So, yeah. And it's, it all, this is basically a giant, um, economic reset button, if you will. Yeah. And, um, it's going to be really weird out there for a little while. Um, so 
I'm just, I'm really kind of curious about the post-COVID world that we're going to be yes. living in. Um, and you also, you also don't know if there's going to be an ep- economic boom, like everybody's going to be like, oh, I was forced to stay inside for so many months, now I'm going to, you know, go to every restaurant and store that I can, or if people are going to be like, still afraid, you know, and aren't going to go, uh, you know, support their local businesses and yeah. stuff like that. So it's, it's a total wild card. And I think it just depends on how these next few months go or how, how long the quarantine lasts. And well, stuff like that, and, so. and I'm going to say something that I think is kind of an unpopular opinion, but, um, it's just because of what I do for a living. I, uh, I'm seeing this, um, the Starbucks near my house, um, is open for drive through only. <sighs> Um, and yeah. they, uh, their drive through is causing traffic problems, um, that the police have been, <laughs> that the, that the police have been called to many times because of like, because of cars sticking out into the roadway and blocking, like it's, they're causing traffic problems. Right. And when you sit over there and you watch the drive through, even for like 10 minutes, you see the problem and the, sh- the vast amount of people that are trying to get their coffee. I'm going to put it this way. I understand people like their coffee, but in the world of coffee, just regular coffee versus Starbucks, I don't know if I would count Starbucks as an essential business. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, I mean, they do sell food, but yeah, I know what you mean. And it's kind of like, um, I don't need Starbucks. No one needs Starbucks to survive. Um, so when I just watch the problems that like the one closer to my house is causing, it's just kind of like, really people? <laughs> so <laughs> I guess I'm a little sympathetic just because like going through the Starbucks drive through is one of the few things you can still go out and do. So like, I kind of understand where it's like, well, we can't go to a movie or out to eat, but we could go through the Starbucks drive you know? like, <laughs> Right. People are losing their minds out of boredom right now. So I kind of get it, but I get your side of the argument too. Right. Um, yeah. So I, it just, there's a lot of stuff that I think is really interesting right now. And a lot of stuff that's terrifying. I'm like, mm-hmm. um, getting ready to put together my Sarah Connor go bag, uh, just in case. But, um, I don't know if I'm 100% there yet, so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, at any rate, uh, let's, um, let's, we got, since this is kind of our uh, uh, tangent cast, if you will, because <laughs> uh, because yeah. there's not a lot of news. I got one news story. Do you want to cover that first real quick, since we're on a little bit of a news thing with this virus stuff, and then go into the watching yeah. and reading? Okay. Yeah, that works. Um, because th- there's one news story, and the only reason this caught my attention was because it made my brain completely unfurl in terms of, like, the possibility of what we're going to be seeing um, okay. coming down the road. So this is from The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, the Golden Globes are changing their eligibility rules in light of the coronavirus, shutting down movie theaters. So what, okay. So what that means is that with movie theaters being shut down and tell and movies being pushed to next year and that kind of thing um let me do this real quick i'm going to open up a web page and kind of give you an idea of what i'm looking at list o movies for 2020 and hopefully i can just pull up the um, I just want to see the, there we go. Okay. So the, what I'm looking for is this is let's just say hypothetically, um, <clears throat> so the coronavirus is shutting down, um, 
movie theaters. So that means... Hello? Hello? Did I lose you? Uh, I think you broke up for a second there. Sorry. Oh, do I got you? Are we yeah, having yeah. are we having Skype problems? I don't know. <laughs> Internet, let's not... Uh, all right, so here we go. So I got to back this up. So Emma, that came out. Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog released, right? Ah, uh, yes. Okay, so that means that every movie from January 1 to February 14th got released. Every other movie has either been canceled or pushed and movie theaters can't open. So if the Oscars and Golden Globes were to happen today due to the coronavirus, everything through Sonic the Hedgehog... <laughs> Okay. Those those are your movies. So yeah, to give you an idea, like so to give like you Sonic the Hedgehog up for so, best film adaptation and stuff right, like that. Right, right. So we got The Grudge, Underwater, Like a Boss, uh, Bad Boys for Life, Doolittle, The The Gentleman, <laughs> uh, Birds of Prey, Gretel and Hansel, The Lodge, Horse Girl, Sonic the Hedgehog, Fantasy Island, and that is about it. <laughs> That's hilarious. So never would have even thought of that. Right, and it, my brain just, like, I, it just completely blew a gasket when I was like, oh, my God, if the Oscars happen today, those are our best picture choices. Yeah. Um, which just completely blew my mind. So with everything, so I guess the next question would be what counts in terms of releasing? Because Netflix movies also count. Yeah. Um, Netflix movies count. Um, any television shows technically would count because we have the Emmys. So as long as it was, as long as a show wasn't put on hold for, um, for uh, that kind of a situation, we wouldn't run into that. But like it just, it just completely blew my mind because like Onward, for example. So it is, uh, it is March second. Sorry, not March second. April second today. Um, so it's Thursday, April second, as we record this, which means tomorrow, April third. Onward will be available on Disney Plus. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. I know, right? So, good so good reminder. right. So we'll both be able to talk about Onward next week. But my point is the fact that the movie is being released for us to see, so it's technically out. Uh, the Hunt got released early, uh, video on demand. Bloodshot got released early. Um, let's see here. Uh, Emma got released early. So there's a handful of movies that are coming out early for people to watch and a very large handful of movies that are not. Um, so it just, it really made me curious to see how this year's award season is going to like shape itself around. Yeah. It'll be cool. I mean, maybe, um, cause I know I can't see like, I don't know the, the Academy Awards, for example, like let's say a lot of these movies, like theatrical releases, don't come out. I can't see them catering to like Sonic the Hedgehog and stuff like that. So, if anything, I'm kind of hoping that like uh, some like there's a lot of like more underground indie art house sort of movies that. I mean, not that the Oscars shies away from that, but maybe right. there's like just some smaller films that'll get more you know buzz just because they're just really good. They just might not have had the finances or whatever position to reach like as big of an audience as they deserve. So yeah, maybe there could be some really interesting stuff that comes out of this though. Right. So yeah, I don't, I just, I just, that's the, that it just blew my mind, man. It really did. Um, and there's not much to say about it because we really don't know. It's 
you know, and I don't want to say that I'm an award season thing or like an award. Uh, um, I'm all about the award shows, but to me, that's my Super Bowl. And I look at it not in the fact that like the Academy isn't like telling me like, you know, what the best movies are, because at the end of the day, if I liked the movie, that's the most important review. You know what I mean? If you like the movie, that's the most important review. It's it's your personal preference. So when someone, so I've been very, I've been trying my hardest to when someone tells me they don't like something, I, I'm trying my hardest all all the time to be like, oh yeah, to each his own, no big deal. You know, we all have our yeah. favorite things, as opposed to the argumentative way that I used to like look at it, like how dare you? <laughs> you know, because I feel like <laughs> yeah. this. Too many of us do that where it's the how dare you mentality, you know, like, no, 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 you have to like this thing that I like, and if you don't, then I have to make you like this thing that I like. Um, so when it comes to the award season, I always looked at it as, um, uh, I always looked at it as the Academy has to choose one, right? So to, to be a best pick, to be the best picture of the year, the Academy has to pick one, but what they really did was they picked like seven to ten. So as long as you make the list of the best pictures of the year, you're a best picture. Like it's an award yeah, show. That so makes sense. It's an award show. So they have to pick one. This is a situation where they're telling you these are the best pictures of the year in our opinion. Um, so you can wander around all you want and say, man, I've never heard of that. Or, oh yeah, I saw that. That was a good movie. Or I saw that and didn't like that. It doesn't matter. You don't have to agree with the final pick. It's the, you know, it's the, it's the nominees that are the actual picks. Um, so, and I like listening to the interviews and all that stuff that, that goes on leading up to the awards anyway. So to me, that's the thing just because I like the industry. Um, so I just think, the fact that they have to adjust everything just blows my mind. So, <laughs> um, and I haven't really seen any other award jumping into it, but it looks like the Golden Globes will be completely readjusting what's allowed and for submission and that kind of stuff because they're trying to cater to the idea that not a lot of stuff, that a lot of the things that should have been released aren't. Yeah, so. I mean, and it's, it's just another thing, like, we still don't even know what's going to happen from, you know, the, all, the whole coronavirus situation and, like, uh, to me, like, I know it's been a couple months, but uh, it still feels like the Oscars and the Golden Globes and stuff just happened, so, like... Oh, they kind of did. Those uh, awards so. ceremonies are kind of, like, the furthest thing from my mind right now, but at the same time, I do think it's really amusing to think, like, if they had to do it with what's come, come out so far, this is their choices. Like, it's just so funny. <laughs> and that's what made me laugh. And they're going to go yeah. to Oscar season, like, the best movie of the year was, and they're going to say, like, um... They're gonna say the 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 best movie of the year was, and Birds of Prey is gonna be there, and you're gonna go what? And then you're gonna go, yeah. oh wow, nothing released. Okay, you know. Um, so yeah, awesome. Um, that's it for news. Okay. Like yeah. like we can go. There's a whole list of stuff that got pushed back and new dates and all that stuff. But here's the thing: as we go through this COVID world that we're living in right now, there is no guarantee that April thirtieth when uh, they reopen the country is the date. We could be we could be sitting here for another month and then there's more stuff to get pushed back. So I could read off the laundry we could read off the laundry list of stuff that's getting pushed, but right now everything's getting pushed. So uh, there are things trying to open for like later dates like uh, Tom Cruise tweeted today that Top Gun has been pushed to a December release. That's cool. Um, I'm totally down for a December release of Top Gun. Oh man, I forgot about Top Gun. 
That yeah. sucks. But, I mean, that'll be cool. Like, let's say this is all done and I can go back to the movie theater in December. That'd be a nice little Christmas treat. Like, I get to go, you know what I mean? Like, so there's there's some there's some ups and downs to that. Um, and that's kind of yeah. how I'm looking at it. So instead of reading off a list, it's basically like, here's the news, everybody. Uh, we have nothing new, but we're going to be talking about all this old stuff. So if you remember back when Hollywood made movies... Um, it was a it was a cool time, and Peter and I got to watch some cool things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that kind of is a nice little segue into what we're watching and reading. So, what do you got for me, man? Okay, yeah, um, I have a couple things. So, well, first of all, um, on my breaks during work, I've been watching uh, Metal Apocalypse because uh, <clears throat> Adult Swim kind of just like made all the Metal Apocalypse episodes available for free due to the uh, quarantine and everything. So that's, oh, right just, on. that's just always a joy. So if anybody's interested in watching that series, uh, check it out. Just all you got to do is download the, the Adult Swim app and you're good to go. Um, the other thing I saw was I finally watched the adult, is, What's that? Sorry, I'm, I'm only uh, stopping you because um, I'm just curious because a lot of apps like Disney Plus is, has, you know, has a fee to it and all that stuff. So uh, Netflix... You know, you have to sign up and it pays for or whatever, that kind of thing. So, like, a lot of these apps are pay-for apps. Uh, yeah. The Adult Swim app is not? I downloaded it specifically to watch Metalocalypse. <laughs> it was after they released it for free, so I know that is there to watch for free. <laughs> I haven't tried to watch anything else on it yet. So. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I actually misspoke. Um. But that, I, uh, but now you have me wondering. Homecoming, but that, what's that, that? You, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you again. But you have me wondering. <laughs> you have me wondering now. Um, what else is on there to watch? So. Yeah. Uh, Adult Swim. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so when I opened up the app, I want to say like 70% of it I didn't even know, and that's probably because I haven't watched Adult Swim in years. So, from what I can see, all their shows are on there. You just probably have to be paying for Adult Swim in some form. Like, I don't know if they have a subscription or if you have it on cable. A lot of these uh, apps like that, you can, you know, log in through your cable uh, provider, so... It does say it contain ads. Depends. Um, it does say it contains ads, but I'm just curious because um, there might be some cool stuff, so... Yeah, yeah right. for sure. Um, well, like, so Metalocalypse, and I think a lot of Adult Swim shows are like this, actually, where they're um, kind of like 15-minute, like 10 to 15-minute segments, where if you watch, like, a half-hour block, you'll end up watching, like, two episodes, technically. So um, usually they'll just have, like, the ad right at the beginning of the episode, so it's, like, doesn't even really disrupt sure. your watching experience, which is pretty nice. Sure. Um, so, uh, otherwise, I finally got the chance to watch uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, so I wanted to mention that. Far From um, Home, all right. Yes. So, it's not that I was putting it off, but... Uh, yeah, you were. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think when it came out in theaters, it was just bad timing for me, and uh, I honestly wasn't the biggest fan of Homecoming, so I kind of did put it off, but not, like, super on purpose, but... Uh, okay. No, Far From Home, I actually really enjoyed. Like, I actually thought it was really, like, enjoyable. Like, I thought it was good. Um, I heard some, like, a lot of bad reviews for it, actually, and I was kind of left confused by that because overall I thought it was a pretty good movie. I enjoyed it a lot more than Homecoming. Um, the one, the biggest reason I didn't like Homecoming is I felt like I couldn't relate to 
Peter Parker as a character. And in this one, I found him, like, super relatable, even if, like, I think he's still, like, he's obviously still a lot more, like, self-centered than I typically like my superheroes to be, but he's just at that stage in his life, you know? So, oh, okay. But overall, I still thought, like, I still related to him a lot more in this movie. So, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty good. <laughs> awesome. Um, no, I really liked, uh, I'm glad to hear you liked the movie, because uh, I forgot that we haven't really, we didn't really talk about Far From Home other than my review, um, because yeah. I, I feel like I, I might have done that episode on my own. I don't know what happened. I, I don't know if you did a special segment where you, re- you reviewed it on your own, or how exactly it worked. Yeah, I don't remember either, but I'm glad you, yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed the the movie did you have any like special musings did you have any favorite parts of the film or like what do you think of the um, villain because that's you know so overall i i like that the movie's like euro trip meets a superhero movie <laughs> and like <laughs> right. uh, i i kind of just enjoyed that whole like european class trip aspect of it um villain wise i thought they made some really interesting choices i thought the villain, actually, when you think about it, wasn't too far off from uh, Homecoming, like, with the Vulture, as far as, like, his motivations and stuff like yeah. that. Um, and, like, I don't know, I think they, uh, it's a Marvel movie, so you know they're not going to go that all out with their magic. Like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe seems to like to base their magic in science, if that makes sense, and I feel like this movie still did <clears> that, and, um... I'm trying not to say any spoilers about it, but, um, no, overall, like, I liked the villain. I thought that, uh, there's a twist in the movie that I, and I think I totally saw the twist coming, not just that I knew who the villain was, but I think just because he was, the villain was being a little too obvious, I think, with how agreeable he was being towards spider-man if that makes sense <laughs> uh that makes perfect sense yes yeah so yeah i don't know i mean that's pretty much all all my thoughts on it it's uh <laughs> I don't know how, like how deep you wanted me to get but uh, dude I'd we have since we was, since we have no news you can go as deep as you want man right um no i think my favorite part was definitely just the european vacation aspect of it and then uh oh the other thing i was thinking is Oh man, it's so hard to say without spoilers. So like the last, um, <laughs> um how about I, this? The movie we're through Endgame, um, and box office dollars show that pretty much everyone already saw the movie. So <laughs> how do you talk away? So, so <laughs> by the by the last um, uh, action sequence when uh, you know Spider Man's chasing Mysterio around and stuff. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, it Mysterio keeps doing this stu- this thing where he keeps changing Spider-Man from like different settings because essentially he's like yeah. controlling like you know what he can see and like how he views the world around him and he he keeps changing these different settings and I remember thinking at that part that I didn't know if that was possible because and not because like I know like most things in Marvel movies aren't possible but I was thinking. Like, there'd be a lot of, there'd have to be a lot of animation that was, like, pre-rendered in, like, real time or something for that to happen, if that makes sense. <laughs> because, sure. like, everything Mysterio did was, like, a pre-rendered animation, so to speak. Oh, no, I hear you. Uh... <laughs> so then I was 
like, I don't know if he could, like, you know, if they could present, like, reflections of Spider-Man that fast and, like, all this different stuff. So it was just kind of, like, you know, one of my, like, stupid thoughts where I was picking apart the movie. Um, well, no, that was, I, that whole sequence that you're talking about, that was so Mysterio in terms of the comic books and the cartoons that we grew up watching and stuff and watching That's and reading. That's actually so, a really good point, um, and it just, that was the, so I was waiting the whole movie for a sequence like that, and sure, they had to put it at the end, which was fine, but um, that's, I was waiting for that the whole time. I'm like, come on, we need this Mysterio, and then I was like, oh, here it is, oh my god, this is amazing, <laughs> like, so. Yeah, um, no, that's a good point, because even though they did, like, it technically wasn't really Mysterio, and he wasn't using, like, real magic, it was, um, it did, you, that is true that, like, that whole action sequence did feel, like, right out of the comics or, like, right out of, like, the old, like, 90s cartoon. And that's actually just such a good point, so. Yeah. Well, what else? Uh, I'm glad you liked it, so um, I hope that yeah. fills in some of your gaps for uh, Endgame when you're just like, wait, what? <laughs> well, um, that came out after Endgame, though, right? Oh, yeah, it did. Yeah, <laughs> so it did come out after if, Endgame. If anything, it actually did make me more excited about the future of uh, the MCU just because I don't know if I've watched anything since Endgame. I probably have, and I just don't realize it. But, so one of the things I think is really funny about Spider-Man Far From Home is that they give a name to the snap, the finger snap, and they call it the blip. <laughs> Yeah. And it's almost like Marvel wanted to, like, call it the blip, and nobody uh-huh. did, because all of us in the real world are forever going to be referring to it as the snap. <laughs> right. Well, I think they um, called it the blip in Endgame as well. Did they, Well, if they did or not, it doesn't matter. The point is the fact that we are, we are forever going to call it the snap. Like once, like, once Baby Yoda gets a name, we're all still going to be calling him Baby Yoda. It's no... <laughs> so, um, I, yeah, because I think what happened was Infinity War comes out, and everybody needs to call it something. So it's either the snap or the snapping, and then... The uh, snapping. And Endgame and, like, uh, Far From Home come out, and they call it the blip, but people already have the snap, like, already in their mind, so... Yeah. Yeah. Um... I did have one more thought about uh, Far From Home, but I can't remember what I was going to say. Oh, I know. So I saw articles, and I didn't read them because I was avoiding spoilers, but back when the movie came out, people were saying that Far From Home hinted at Marvel having a multiverse. And I highly disagree with that statement. I highly disagree, too. Well, that's the thing, is that it hints to the multiverse, and then... um... It doesn't hint to the multiverse because you find out that he was lying. Yeah. And um, so I don't think it does. What I think is going to cover the multiverse is when we finally get to see the Eternals. And okay. I think that is where the first... I don't know enough about the Eternals, but because it's cosmic more than anything, I think we're going to get a hint of the... Like, at least a hint that the multiverse is a thing. And then when we see Doctor Strange Doctor 2, Strange, yeah. because the movie's titled The Multiverse of Madness... So, yeah, I don't think I don't think Far From Home really did any justice to that theory. So, okay, nice. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> I totally agree with you on that one. So, well, I'm glad you agree. I just like I remember seeing articles about it, and then after seeing the movie, I was like, "What are they talking about?" Or was it just clickbait? I'm not sure. But, I it probably um, was clickbait for the people who'd seen the film, though, because yeah. even in the trailer, like you're just like, "Oh, okay, 
he's from another universe. That's cool. Multiverse, blah, blah, blah. And then when you see it, you're like, no, he isn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Um, uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no. And then I was going to say, I just had one more movie um, I wanted to mention. I don't sure. know if you had anything more to say about Marvel. No, I, um, go ahead, man. So I think you've mentioned this one before. Did you talk about fighting with my family on the podcast? Uh, yes, I had. Um, I, okay. I liked it a lot. Yeah, so um, this is a movie that's kind of been on my radar for a while. Like, I've heard a lot of people say it's good, but it's kind of like I'm not that into professional wrestling, so but I kind ne- of never went out of my way for it. But Neither it am I. Things... Oh, what's that? I'm not, into, I'm not that into professional wrestling either, and I just... <laughs> I just was like, this looks like a good movie. Yeah, so like, well, that's kind of like uh, the other night, uh, me and the wife put it on, and we just kind of were like looking for something to watch, and it's on Hulu, and we're just like, you know, I heard this is good, let's just check it out. And like, all I can say is, holy crap, I was surprised by just like how good of a movie this was. Yeah, it was was great, man. Yeah, like I got really into the story, like I thought... Like, uh, her character was, like, really, really relatable. Like, it was just, like... And by the end of the movie, it was just one of those things where I felt totally pumped while watching it, as cheesy as it sounds. And, like, I don't know. I was just kind of really surprised by this one because it was kind of one of those things that I didn't expect to like as much as I did. But, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, it was was great. And then you got to remember that girl is Black Widow's sister. So we already got to see some action sequences with her. So <laughs> right on, yeah, that's a good point. Um, um, no, I'm glad you like that, dude. That's I really enjoyed that movie a lot. Um, so yeah, I remember talking yeah. about it a while back. Um, then, uh, oh, there was one like quick like little thing I wanted to mention though is that all right. when we were watching this, uh, my wife when we were watching the movie after after it ended, we were like, man, that was like really good. Like we actually both really enjoyed it, and she and she was like. Yeah, this is so good. I kind of want to start watch, watching uh, wrestling. And I was like, we can if you want, but I'll give you like 10 minutes before you want to turn it off. So that's literally what we did is I found like WWE or something on Hulu and we watched like 10 minutes of it. It's like, yeah, I've had enough of this. Let's turn this off. <laughs> and it was just a really funny experience. Um, that's funny. Um, yeah. Wrestling is like, I don't want to throw too much shade at it, because like, I think it's cool, and it's one of those things I want to like. I just can't get my get into it for whatever reason. So I, I Look, I can't get into it for whatever reason either, but I totally understand the people who do and why, period. Yeah. Like, I totally get it. It's just not my thing. Um, right. So, yeah. Um, did you watch anything else? Uh, that's like the most notable things. Uh, how right. about you? So I watched, uh, Jumanji, uh, Welcome to the Jungle, part, the second level. Oh, nice. What do you think? Um, I, you know, from the, the trailers do not do it justice at all. Um, I was, the trailer made me not like, because it's, the grandparent to uh, one of the grandparents of the kids gets zapped into the game with another yeah. older person. So, um, that's part of it. And I wasn't sure how funny that was going to be. And it was absolutely like hysterical and charming. <laughs> right. And then when there was something that happens in the movie where they end up switching characters. Yeah. And, um, in the, Which in, I don't know that that part made sense. 
it doesn't matter if it made sense because what happens is later on in the movie when they have to kind of quote unquote put the team back together yeah it makes it's it was it's basically this like story thing early in the movie so the comedy could continue for later when they actually have to kick some ass <laughs> yeah no um, I, didn't, I didn't have a problem with it i was just like i wonder why that Exists. Well, it's as a story mechanic, I completely understood. Um, I completely understood why they did what they did. So, no, I, um, I agree with that. I guess I was just looking at it like as a game, like as a video game. Like, why would that be programmed into a game? Well, or something like that? it was also a broken video game. That's true. Like a physical. Haha! See, I found the. I found well, the. I, I found the plug for like, your plot hole. Um, I don't know if it's like technically even like a game that was programmed, but I still watch the movie and try to watch it through the lens of like you know the rules of a video game. So oh okay, um, and I, I I totally hear you. But overall, <laughs> dude, it was it was a lot of fun all the way through it, um, and I'm glad and I'm glad I took the sit because the trailer did not like the first one. I was all in trailer and everything. <laughs> I was in. And then this one, I was like, nah, I don't know. I'll watch it when it comes out. And then, like, I, I'm like, this is great. Um, yeah. There's, uh, did you watch the bonus scenes? I don't think so. I think, I, I feel like there were two of them. But at the end, but, the, but at the end period, you find out that there is, um, there will be a, there has to be a third movie the way it ends. Because it looks like the video game is getting, going back to the real. So it goes into the real world. Um, again, which will be cool if they do it. Oh, okay. So it's more like the original Jumanji. Yeah. So it looks yeah, like the video. I, so as a as a closure to that, I guess trilogy or quadrilogy, because the original one technically counts in this because they refer because of the way they reference it. Um, okay. Um. So I that's I'm cool. I'm just picturing there's gonna be jokes where like some of the NPCs from the actual game come into the real world and they're right. like. They don't recognize the actual characters and stuff, and I, I think there's there's some good jokes they could throw. Yeah, there's there's a lot of cool stuff they could get out of it. So, um, and then uh, I watched uh, Fast and the Furious, Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, how was that? Um, I found myself enjoying it way more than I expected to. <laughs> um, okay. I've watched all the Fast and the Furious movies. Um, it's not one of my favorite franchises, but it definitely entertains me. So I don't go out of my way to watch them. But it was there to watch, and I was like, why not? Um, yeah. The last maybe, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes of the movie get a little ridiculous, even for a Fast and the Furious movie. But overall, it was just entertaining and a lot of fun. It's your standard Fast and the Furious movie. Just The Rock and Jason Statham's character are the two main characters. So. Right. Um, but yeah, there's some there's some action stuff at the end that you're kind of like, okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, based on the trailer, I kind of expected that the whole time. Like, well, okay, this is just pretty much a superhero movie at this point. Like, and, well, and you, and when you deal with the superhero part of it because of, uh, Idris Elba's character and what he has going because of like his genetic enhancements or cybernetic enhancements or whatever, you're just like, yeah, okay, suspend disbelief and enjoy the movie for what it is. Um, yeah. But no, it was overall it was it was really entertaining and um, I I was entertained throughout it. There wasn't any point where I felt I was gonna pick up my phone and like poke around on social media, or um, 
turn it off or go do something else. I was I was in from the get go. So okay, nice. Um, so as a quick review, Hobbs and Shaw was actually pretty decent, and um, they make there's like six. So if you do watch it, I will say sit through the credits because there's like four or five um, bonus scenes and. Um, <laughs> okay. And it looks, and at the end of the, the the final one clearly like lays groundwork for a second Hobbs and Shaw, which even through all the Corona stuff, they did announce that there will be a second Hobbs and Shaw. Okay, so, nice. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, and I'll probably watch that one eventually it comes out. Um, and then the other thing that I watched uh, was Rise of Skywalker is out on Blu-ray. So I, because I didn't want to go, I did not want to leave the house to go get it. I just pre-ordered it and it arrived when it arrived. And, uh, I sat down and watched it Tuesday night and it is fantastic. So that was my third, that was my third viewing of the Rise of Skywalker. Um, just as good all the way around. Um, but I'm watching it, but I watched it this time with a level of hindsight because you see the movie and then now you have the whole saga wrapped up in a little bow and you can kind of view the saga in a general sense from a different light because like you now know how it ends so watching anything in the movie is going to make you think about the ultimate ending of the Skywalker saga. So even going back and watching some old stuff you're still going to go well there is Rise of the Skywalker so you know how does that all play together. Um, and it made me watch it this time around with a different through a different prism and it's still I still really enjoy the movie. Um, it still sits on my list for the top five of the year. Um, but, uh, so yeah, it was, it was just good and I can't wait cause it's going to be on repeat for like a month in my house. Um, so, nice. and then I haven't had a chance to, uh, jump into the bonus features yet because there's a two and a half, it's like an over two hour documentary called the Skywalker legacy, um, in the bonus features that I I cannot wait to watch because some of the Lucasfilm documentaries that get put, put together about the making of these movies are so amazing. And I'm not talking like amazing in terms of I like the subject matter, so I'm in for it. They're so well put together and on a story level of telling a story the way documentaries do, they're always just put together well. And you're just in the, I like, you're just focused. You're just like, here I am, like, Awesome. You know, you're just paying yeah. attention and you're in it and you're, you know. So, uh, I, I can't wait to watch that. I'm probably going to wake up Saturday morning and throw that in and watch the documentary when I get up. So, um, that's awesome. But I yeah, didn't realize, uh, Rise of Skywalker was on Blu-ray yet, but, um, I think it's exciting. I, um, I like how, like you were saying, like we now have like, you know, you can have at your house, like, this, the film that wraps up the whole Skywalker saga. And, like, I'm hoping that there's a lot of little uh, minute details that, you know, the fans start recognizing where there's, like, oh, I didn't even realize there's a reference to this here and, like, little things like that. You know, that's kind of what my hopes would be is that there's some really cool discoveries, whether it be, like, things in the background or just really subtle details that people start to pick apart. So Yeah, yeah. Um... And then speaking of Star Wars, because Disney Plus is a thing, I've been watching Star Wars and stuff on my phone at work during my lunch break. Um, oh, nice. So, yeah, so I just, I have Disney Plus on the phone, so I've been firing it up at lunch and, like, watching some Star Wars and some other things. I finished Empire Strikes Back today. So it's funny because I'm watching clips of Star Wars in these 30-minute chunks. 
<laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that's just been kind of fun to be able to do that. So <laughs> nice. Um, so yeah, that brings me to the end of my watching and reading category. I haven't had a lot of time to read stuff. So, um, yeah, this week's been, this week's been crazy cause I'm still working through all this. So, um, you want to get into the list? Yes. Cool. All right, man. Um, so Ryan, it's time to the list. Um, so as usual, uh, play the thing. for the top five. So yeah, okay, so this list was my pick. Um, and uh, this, the idea of this was, so this is space movies um, that are not Star Wars and not Star Trek. Uh, the only reason that was my hindrance for this list is because I didn't want if I said space movies, I know that I was coming to the table with a list of five Star Wars films. So at that point, yeah. we might as well just do a Star Wars episode. Uh, or if I said no Star Wars films, I was going to come in. Star Trek would be on there for sure. So I had to take Star Trek out of the equation um, as well, just because of how big those franchises are and how many movies of each one. So I wanted to, uh, yeah, I wanted to bring that up. So, uh, yeah, so that's basically how that worked. So it's space movies, specifically focusing on hopefully aliens and um, NASA related and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah. So do you have any honorable mentions? Uh, yeah, I have two actually. Um, okay. Do you have any? Should I? I do. So we'll go. We'll go. We'll go back and forth. Okay. Cool. Um, the first one I wanted to mention is Titan AE. Um, this is like one fantastic. Of my yeah, this is one of my favorite space movies. I think uh, the concept is just like so cool. Um, just like we have like the idea of like have, having to remake a new Earth because we destroyed our own, which doesn't seem that far off from reality at a lot of points. No, but, uh, yeah, no, like um, I think this one's really good. There's awesome character design. There's awesome animation. I think. Um, I don't find myself coming back to this one as much as some other uh, movies on my list, and maybe that's why I made a lower uh, pick, but this absolutely is one of my favorite ones. So. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, no, I love Titan E, so I hear you. I didn't even... Did that make my short list? Yes, it did. Okay. Um, <laughs> so my first honorable mention is the movie Event Horizon. Um, have you seen this? Are you are you drinking? Because I, I heard like some kind of liquid. <laughs> yeah, I was drinking something. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's all good. I'm like, why is he paused? Oh, I can hear the liquid <laughs> moving around. Um, well, that's what we get for social distancing. Usually, you can't hear us drinking and stuff because of the. <laughs> um. Anyway, Event Horizon. Have you seen it? No, I, I still haven't seen it. We did talk about it on uh, maybe favorite horror movies or something like that. Yeah, this is a this is a science fiction horror movie or a space horror movie. Uh, absolutely fantastic. Um, it's one of those horror movies that sits with you after you turn off the television, and you're in the dark and you're just like, oh crap, I'm still in my house in the dark, um, which is great. Uh, but there's also a level of it where there's the science fiction part of it, where you're like intrigued into what's going on. So. Um, as bloody and gory as it can get in the horror elements, it's still like, oh crap, they're trapped in space, and this is kind of cool. How are they gonna get out? So um, yeah, 
I, yeah. um, this I, is... I think this one sounds awesome. Like, I really want to watch it. I do, um, I did remember, I did want, like, I was at a party or something in high school and people were watching it, but it just wasn't, like, the right environment to watch this movie, you know? People were no, just talking and joking through it, so I couldn't tell you anything about the plot. <laughs> yeah, no, and it's that it's experience. a movie that when I talk to friends and we're talking, like, horror movies and Halloween scary stuff, this is a movie that always comes up in conversation, which I think is really cool. Okay. So, um, nice. But, yeah, all right, what's your second honorable mention? So the second one, um, and the only reason this is an honorable mention is because I don't know if it counts, and uh, I'll explain why, but... I picked uh, Total Recall, which is, um, I'm, and I'm talking about the 80s Arnold Schwarzenegger Yeah, I movie. figured, um, I figured. This is, I love this movie. I think it's, like, awesome action. There's awesome, like, special effects and gore effects. And uh, it's just, like, I think the story is actually really complex and interesting and stuff. And the only reason I say it doesn't count isn't because of the whole uh, recall, like, false memory uh, aspect of it it's because most of the movie takes place on mars as opposed to actually in space right and so i kind of thought it might not count because it's like if it's pretty much all on mars like that's not that different between being all on earth so i guess i was just giving myself that limitation and yeah and mars is and mars in this movie is colonized so it's not really like it's just basically like another planet so i totally yeah. understand where you're coming from in your argument but i also understand why you want to include it so mention putting it on honorable mention makes complete sense so yeah and and it is one of those if you google like space movies like this is one of them that comes up it's just <laughs> i was kind of giving myself that limitation but yeah, no, I totally, I, really like, I understand. If any of our audience hasn't seen this movie, like, it is really good. Like, it's, I think it's, like, it's, it, I think it's, like, super good, especially for, like, what you expect from an 80s Schwarzenegger action movie. Like, it's awesome, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, my final honorable mention is a movie called Moon. Have you seen this? No, um, I remember when this came out, I always wanted to watch it. Yeah. I haven't seen it. I can't tell you why, though. With Sam Rockwell, um, this movie is absolutely, it's so wonderful, and it's such, it, it really, it also really messes with your mind. Um, the basic, basic plot of the movie is Sam Rockwell, he works for this, so clearly this is in the future when space has been, uh, 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 taken over by uh, private corporations, so space exploration is not really a thing from NASA. So um, Sam Rockwell is living on the moon because he's part of his rotation to be on the moon for mining because they discovered some mineral that can help on Earth. So like, he's on the moon monitoring all the mining stations, and then his rotation's coming up, and then he'll get to go back home, and someone else will come and replace him. Um, so it's part of his isolation on the on the moon itself and you see his interaction with earth and that kind of stuff. But something happens and then you get to find out what's really going on. And it's, it's so good. It is such a mind bend of a movie. Um, yes, I highly, I highly recommend it because of how weird and twisted the movie ends up becoming. Um, and not in a, not necessarily in a scary sense. You're just, it's more of a, what is going on? Or what yeah. is really going on? They'll just really blow your mind as you watch through it. So um, I, oh, cool. I highly recommend Moon if you can get a chance to. And I don't know anyone who's seen the movie that won't agree with my statements. Um, okay, I don't know so. why. For some reason, I thought I heard mixed reviews on this, but 
maybe I'm just yeah everyone everyone I've talked to who's seen the movie totally <laughs> agrees with me that the movie's great so okay so yeah nice um all right so what's your first actual pick of the night okay so my first actual pick is uh fifth element yeah right on that made my uh short oh, list make your list okay made my short um, list so, so this is one that's it's just a uh i don't even, like i don't even know where to start it's, with it's, this movie i, think I mean it's, it's die hard in space basically <laughs> yeah well i was gonna say it's just like a super like it's so much fun like I don't know anybody who doesn't have fun while watching this movie. I think um, I have heard some negative reviews, but I honestly think it's really great. I love um, a lot of the design work that goes into this movie is um, I think is pretty awesome, too. I think there's like some really bold um, like costume choices and set design and stuff like that that you wouldn't necessarily think that a movie that's basically diehard in space would do. (laughs) Um, Right. But yeah, it's just kind of, and it's also like, this movie, as well as uh, Titan A- AE, oddly enough, I think came out kind of close together, which is like, I want to say like late late 90s, early 2000s, somewhere around there. But the thing was, there wasn't a lot of space sci-fi movies coming out around the same time as this. And no, I might be wasn't. wrong, but I feel like this, at least for me, like, was one of the only movies like of that era that I really could get into like this. Um, that was like a space sci-fi thing. So I might, I might be totally wrong, but that's just kind of the feel that I get from it. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I totally hear you. Um, so yeah, no fifth element. It's such a, it's a good movie. I got a little burned out on fifth element because it kept like, it was on TV like over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And then when Blu-ray re- came out as like when the technology Blu-ray first came out, it was like one of the first Blu-rays released because they're like, check out how this looks in Blu-ray. And I'm like, really? I've, <laughs> I bought the movie. I, I, I bought the movie on VHS and then I upgraded it to DVD and I'm not going to upgrade it again. And yeah. yeah, I ha- I have watched it over and over again too. Um, I just still, I guess I still find like things to enjoy about it, and I still find like new little details in it and stuff. And I think thinking about what you're saying, I I just keep thinking about um, the characters in it, and especially um, uh, John Hurt's uh, or not not John Hurt, uh, Gary Oldman's character, the villain. And, yeah, like, he's, he has, he plays such a good villain in that movie, and I think that's like. <laughs> a big part of just having a good movie in general is you need that really good antagonist. So. I think a lot of people forget that Gary Oldman's in that movie because it's he, it's such a chameleon role, and you're just like, oh, wait, that is Gary <laughs> yeah. Oldman. You know, yeah, like he's exactly. such, he's, he kind of disappears into the role of the character, so. Mm-hmm. Um, no, yeah, Fifth Element, good movie. All right, so my first actual pick, you um, brought up Independence Day, Um as an example yeah. of a movie that uh, doesn't really take place in space so much as it does on Earth, uh, but because of the alien aspect, it's very much a space movie. And I was trying to, and I was kind of like, I didn't want to tell you no, but I kept thinking to myself, that really doesn't work until I land, <laughs> until I landed on this movie. And I'm sorry, this this movie fully falls under that argument. So, but there was no way it couldn't make my list because it's such a, it's so astounding, and that's the movie uh, District Nine. And um, in terms of alien, I don't want to say alien invasion so much as I want to say alien um, 
um, migration or alien. Um, okay. Uh, how do I want to? How do? I, what's the word? Um, immigration, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this movie, like, just from the story to how it was put together to the special effects alone, and then we even with the ships, like, you know, it's oh my god, dude. Um, District Nine. This. If you've never seen District 9, literally you need to pause the podcast right now, go watch District 9, come back and um, finish the list out because you'll understand why I'm holding this in such high regards. But this movie... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you've seen it, right? Yeah, yeah. I actually... Um, I didn't put this on my list because it didn't. I was just still trying to go with like things that were actually in space. But uh, it's an awesome pick. I, I really love this movie. Um, I've said it this, before. This but... was a best picture nominee too. So remember what I said about the what, remember what I said about the Academy earlier. This was one of the best pictures that year. So I didn't I didn't realize that. Um, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. District Nine is like one of the most romantic movies I think I've ever seen, and that sounds really crazy. But if you watch the movie and like pay attention to, pay attention to the tragic love story that's told, like you can definitely understand what i mean there so. yes yes that's that's a very interesting point too that's not something you think about when you think about the movie either so yeah um but yeah neil blomkamp is a master storyteller and like that was like his first movie out of the gate too so um yeah wonderful wonderful film um so yeah uh what else you got what's your next okay, pick? yeah yeah um i'm kind of trying to figure out what order i want to say these in but uh uh, for my next pick, I'm going to go with Galaxy Quest. So yes, um, um, Galaxy Quest actually almost made my list. Okay, this is one I half expected us to match, but I wasn't sure. But this is one that I saw it when I was younger, and I liked it. And then I think I watched it a little too much and kind of got bored with it. But now that I'm older, I like keep coming back to it, and I. Uh, I think like watching this movie as an adult as opposed to a kid, there's so many more jokes that I get when I'm paying attention to uh, how the actors in the movie, um, not like like the act like the characters and the, the actors who act in the movie are playing actors. <laughs> so the characters oh. in the movie, like a lot of their like, uh, there's a lot of like subtle humor with them that you don't pick up in the first, you know, when you first watch it, and then. Uh, I just love that the whole, the movie has this sort of, um, I want to say it's like kind of ahead of its time because it came out before, and I don't know what the best way to describe it would be, but kind of like the whole like nerdiness boom in pop culture, like, you know, back in, I don't know, when, when do you think like nerd, like being a nerd started being cool? Like kind of like 2009, 2010, like uh, nerds back when like. Nerds have always been cool. No, but, um, <laughs> no, no, but, but you know what I mean. Like, back it's, when, like, Big Bang theories first started, I um, like, I want to say, stuff where... I want to say it was before that. Um, Big Bang Theory just... Big Bang Theory just tried to embrace the nerd culture. See, the thing is, is that the 90s gave birth to the dude bros, and they had their time, but because nature deals with stupid in its own way, the dude bros didn't really last very long. And then the nerds took over because that's what nerds do. Um, right. Like this whole planet is run by nerd culture. Um, and I think it was all. I think uh, Big Bang Theory is just one of the first things that, to um, embrace that. Um, however, I will argue that the show Community. Did you ever watch that? Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, community was long gone before Big Bang Theory even started, and they embraced nerd culture well in advance. They were probably one of the first shows to truly embrace what nerd culture is. Um, yeah. So, um... The, the only other show I'm thinking of, like, listening to that is, uh, Freaks <clears throat> and Geeks definitely, uh... Freaks and Geeks, and then, and then look at um, Chuck. Chuck is a great one. Um, that one, uh, embraced nerd culture very heavily. That was, uh, before 2007. So, you're looking at early 2000s for sure for the big, for the real big shift well, that happened, so... I, I get, yeah, I, I guess I know what you mean. I feel like... I'm going to say Spider-Man 2. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I, I guess, like, I still don't, like... I don't know if I agree with you fully. Like, I, I do understand what you're saying is, like, these are things that, like, were really, like, instrumental in, like, making... I don't know, like, I... For me, I feel like, and I mentioned Big Bang specifically, just because I feel like the Big Bang Theory, like, even though it's not like it invented making nerdy stuff cool or anything, but I feel like that show, and I feel like around the time when that show came out, like, I feel like that was one of the things that kind of brought, like, the whole, like, nerd culture to, like, the, you know, your average, like, household living room, you know, that might not be aware of, like, cosplaying and... Yeah, but I I feel that uh, this is where we're going to get into an argument, but I feel that Big Bang Theory did a disservice to nerd culture in that sense because <laughs> because I feel they brought the wrong aspects to the average household. So the people who didn't understand the culture still looked at it as a joke. So No, I I, <laughs> I I'm not going to disagree with you cuz I have like mixed feelings towards uh Big Bang Theory. I think all we're uh I mean, I, I don't think it's like we're really disagreeing that much. I guess I'm just like looking at it as like, um, I don't know the best way. Well, to how about this? Like, go ahead. I I, th- I think like you're looking at it as like when was like, I'm I'm trying to get get the wording right. Like I, I like I'm just thinking like underground versus mainstream. Like you're looking at it as like when like nerdiness was really budding in the underground versus like when you know mainstream like news outlets were talking about comic-con and stuff like that uh all right that's i mean that's kind of fair but the whole point (laughs) the whole point is that galaxy quest explores this um (laughs) yeah my whole point was like galaxy quest like had like such a um such like a came from such a nerdy voice and you know like Multiple scenes in the movie are at conventions that were essentially Star Trek conventions, even though they didn't actually say it. And there was just, like, nerd culture was there, like, first and foremost in the movie. Right. And, and I feel like that was a little bit before, like, the big, like, mainstream nerdy boom. And I right. think that's kind of cool that the movie that was, like, ahead of its time uh, in that way. Um, and I feel and that... Other- Oh, what's, what's up? What I was going to say is I feel that with Galaxy Quest, because of the way they handled the convention circuits and the comic books and the superheroes, I'm sorry, not the superheroes, but the science fiction aspect of it, is that it embraced Galaxy Quest for a television show as well. I mean, it's it's a movie essentially about a television show that you find out is real the whole time. Um, yeah. And so I feel that anyone anyone who can call themselves a fan of anything should watch Galaxy Quest at some point in their life because they're going to go, I am just like that guy. 
you know, like that, that is, ex- that's me right there. That is, ex- you know, so I really feel like Galaxy Quest is a perfect movie for anyone who can call themselves a fan of any show, any movie. You, if you can think you're a super fan, you have to watch this movie because you're going to relate to it. And that's the whole point of the film, I think. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. And just, uh, since you did mention like the whole, like, it's about like a TV show that ends up being real the whole time. I really enjoy that aspect of just like the whole, like the fantasy of it. Like if only star Trek were real and we could actually be, you know, flying around in space, like going on adventures, like that'd be amazing, but it's not. But I just, that, that whole like fantasy aspect of this movie, like I really love as well. So yeah. 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 Uh, sorry for like the weird, uh, technical argument <laughs> and like I didn't mean for that to happen at all. Uh, dude, I, I don't mind it. Like I said, I don't mind the tangent. How's that? So yeah, yeah. Um, all right, man. Uh, that let's kick it to me just so we don't like go too long. Um, so I have another one that falls in the takes place on Earth category. Um, okay. But it you'll but it makes sense as to why I count it. Um, kind of like District Nine, but that is the Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Um, right the, there's no one would argue with me in terms of this not being counted as a space film. Um, this movie is absolutely amazing from top to bottom. Um, it's one of the coolest movies in terms of like the, the mystery behind the aliens and what's going on and why are they here and what are they after and what they're doing. And then when you get to the ending at Devil's Tower, um, it's, it's a pretty magical thing. And then another thing that sits kind of like on a, a personal note with this movie for me is uh, you you and I got to go to Devil's Tower in Wyoming. Yeah. Um, and then while we were there, where we were at, they were showing screenings of the film outside in the base of the tower. Um, so you're literally sitting there where the movie was shot, watching the movie. Like, it was, it was incredible. Uh, just an incredible experience. Um, so to be to get to go there physically and then throw that in the movie itself. Um, but it's it's such a cool way of looking at that movie in terms of because when you compare that movie, when you compare Close Encounters to other space films today, in terms of how the real world would react to aliens, um, that seems like a very technical way of how governments would respond yeah um when you really break it down even with all the new storytelling today when you look at like the the movie the arrival um that's a pretty good example of how i think governments would handle an alien visiting the planet but if you look at close encounters and how they handled it with everyone coming together in the one spot and trying the way they attempted to communicate it's just not necessarily with the music but the um how the government handled things so the people who like had encounters with the aliens and then were brought in because they had the personal experience because they needed to like kind of be a part of it. like the way it all played out is just it was just brilliant to put together and Spielberg did a masterpiece of directing on that film too so yeah absolutely um I just keep thinking like if that if that movie actually happened I'm just imagining how much toilet paper people would start hoarding <laughs> Like, oh crap! There's aliens. Let's buy up all the toilet paper. Yeah, if the, if there's any if there's any left, right? Um. Yeah, but uh. Oh no! Like, going back to Spielberg's directing on this movie, like just you listening to you talk about it. Uh, this one didn't make my list, but I do love this movie a lot. Um, but some really cool things they do in the movie too is I do like how the uh, 
aliens like first try to communicate using music and i think that's like a really neat little touch because like people always try to um even if they don't realize it i feel like people always try to discount the legitimate legitimacy of the arts i guess and like i kind of like that this movie embraced like the whole idea of like music and like just tones are like this universal language and it's like really cool that they did that and the other thing i was thinking of that i actually never really thought of before but uh spielberg did this cool thing in this movie where um i want to say and i might be wrong but i want to say every time they show one of the ufos all you can see is lights like you don't actually see the ship you just see lights on the ship and then your brain fills in all the gaps from there and that's kind of a really cool technique it's kind of uh it's almost like the visual equivalent of uh the jaws theme where you don't see the shark but you hear the theme and your imagination yeah. starts running wild it's yeah kind yeah of like that but visual form and that's kind of like a really cool idea so yeah that's a yeah that's a really good point i completely forgot about the music and the comparison to jaws what you said yeah so um yeah all right so uh moving on what do you got for your next pick yeah, so my next one, I am going to go with Alien, uh, the first one in the series. Um, this is one where I had a lot of trouble deciding if I wanted to do the first or the second one. Um, but the first one I do think is more of a space movie, but still like. The oh, I see. I see what you mean. I well. see what you mean by the way you say that. But the se- the second one definitely is a space movie as well. But I do really love the uh, how iconic the first one is and how much of a of a horror story it is like i love that it's like essentially just like a gothic horror story in space yeah it's a and, ha- it's um, a haunted house in space essentially yeah and, it, and it, i think it like did such a good job of uh setting up this new sort of um, vocabulary that we had to learn for the alien movies and for the xenomorphs and how they reproduce and like what they can do and everything and uh i, I just think it's iconic i think it's uh it's it's hard to know like what what all to say about this one, but uh, yeah. No, this is a movie that kind of like out in a post Star Wars world where everyone was trying to come up with new, like what's the next space thing? What's the next like pe- like when Star Wars hit in seventy seven, the world went oh people need space, and then suddenly all this space stuff happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was just movie after movie, TV show after TV show because everyone's like oh people are into space stuff. Um. So, uh, that's something that, um, I think, uh, that, that's something that really happened and where Star Wars kind of broke the mold and had to like recreate a lot of special effects and everyone was like, how would you do it? This is a movie that was like, okay, this is how they did that. Let's, let's cover it and let's do it this way. And they took this really, it's a very intimate story. And yeah. they they to, they told this really intimate story in this really cool way, and created a haunted house in space. And it's terrifying. Like you can only run so far on a spaceship. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, kudos to Alien. It's a great movie. And then that and it almost irritates me because we did that episode a while back where we did the dinner scenes. Um, it almost kills me that neither one of us brought up this, the dinner scene from Alien with the thing that shoots out of his chest. and um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> So, yeah. yeah. I didn't think of that one. Yeah, and I don't know why we didn't think about it either. We, and it's just like, man. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, Alien. I love Alien, so good pick. Um, so my next one for the night is The Martian. 
Okay, I've actually never seen this one. You've never? Seriously? I don't know why. Oh, my God. Peter, oh, my God. That that needs to be one of your quarantine movies, dude. Like, look that up. I remember it getting so much hype, and I remember just thinking it looked like uh, Matt Damon walking around on Mars. Not a lot happening. So, so maybe I just didn't know enough about the movie. So I'm gonna and I'm not gonna I'm gonna do my best not to spoil it for you. But it's okay. essentially so if there's anyone else listening that has not seen The Martian, this is essentially the basis to the story. Matt Damon is on Mars with a team of astronauts doing routine like research, like mining their minerals, whatever. They're on like this little Mars base. And they get an indication that there's this massive solar storm blowing across the area where they are. The storm is so severe that they get the warning that they need to evacuate the base. During the evacuation, Matt Damon gets separated from the crew. They think he's dead and have to make the judgment call to leave the planet. So the spaceship takes off on its return trip to Earth. While they're on the return trip to Earth, Matt Damon wakes up. He never died. His, I don't want to tell you what happened, but he didn't die. So yeah. he's stuck on Mars by himself. And NASA finds out that he's still alive. And then they're starting to like mount, or they're trying to figure out how to mount a rescue expedition. Uh, Matt Damon uh, tries to find ways to communicate with NASA back and forth. So it's kind of like watching. Um, I would say it's almost like watching Apollo 13, but modern day and with a with the guy on Mars as opposed to being stuck in a floating spaceship trapped somewhere. Right. Um, so it's essentially, so half of the movie takes place on, on Mars. Half of the movie takes place with NASA trying to figure out how to mount, like how do we get him off? What's he doing? Uh, the satellite imagery shows he's going over here, but we can't figure out why. And then the one guy's like, wait a minute, I need to see a map of Mars. And he realizes that he's looking for an old satellite that crashed on Mars because he's going to use the parts to, you know, so, um, it's, it's dude, it's a riveting, riveting movie. And I really, and I don't want to overhype it. I don't want to oversell it for you, but you really need to check this movie out. (laughs) Um, Yeah. It's, well, it's one of those things like you describing it right now makes it sound really good and makes me want to watch it. And I don't know if it's. The marketing I saw for the movie when it came out, and maybe it might have just been like TV spots or something that I was seeing, but I didn't have any idea what the story was. Oh. <laughs> all I knew was Matt Damon's on Mars. Right, <laughs> and then like all I knew about it, and that wasn't enough for me to go out of my way to see the movie. And I've heard great things, and I always knew I probably should watch the movie at some point. I just because, yeah, I just haven't seen this one <laughs> because he is a scientist. And he knows that they're going to start asking questions like, how do you do this and why do you do that and stuff when he gets back. He documents the whole thing. So he starts talking to the camera and that like instead of instead of the movie Castaway where Tom Hanks talked to the volleyball and called it Wilson, yeah. he's talking to the camera because he knows it's it's like that'll eventually be transmitted back to NASA and they're going to see everything and how he did everything and stuff. So it's just like, so he turns to the camera and he'll have this little aside where he'll talk to the camera and then you'll see him doing something and they'll cut back to what's going on at NASA on Earth. And the movie's incredible. Um, uh, the book is equ- the book is equally as good, but in your quarantine time, dude, just find the movie, watch it. I don't want to overhype it, but it's awesome. So, um, yeah, and even how they rescue him off the planet, it's it's... It's intense and terrifying and funny at the same time. <laughs> so, yeah. Nice. 
Yeah. All right. Um. So that's so that's your homework, I guess. <laughs> right. Um. Uh. For, for the quarantine. So uh, what else you got? Okay. So. So your uh, next pick, anyway. Yeah, you said we couldn't pick Star Wars movies, but you yeah. didn't say anything about parodies. And uh, um, Spaceballs <laughs> is my last pick. So. I'm. Uh, no, you have two more picks, man. We're not. Yeah, so Fifth Element, Galaxy Quest, Alien, Spaceballs. Oh, you're right, you're right. Well, okay, we'll do space... You know what? I skipped one of mine. Oh. You're absolutely right. <laughs> I was going to okay, say, man, we'll like... Spaceballs right now. I, I, put these, I put these all on a spreadsheet, dude, so... <laughs> no, I'll explain. I know what happened, um, but yeah, I'll explain it. <laughs> My bad. I'm getting ahead of, ahead of myself, but... Um, no, Spaceballs is awesome. Um, it's... I don't know where to begin. It's a hilarious movie. There's tons of rewatchability. Um, this is one where I feel like Mel Brooks movies are those, they're the kinds of movies that you see when you're a kid and you think they're hilarious. And then you watch it when you're older and you think they're hilarious for different reasons. And, uh, I like that they're kind of like the gift that keeps on giving in that way. Um, I, but yeah, this one's, it's kind of hard to know where to start with this one too. No, yeah, I hear you. I, I love this movie. Um, I think that this movie has not aged with me the way I hoped it would. Um, and I only say that because, and I think it's because I've seen the movie too many times. Um, right. Where, like, there's, and, like, when you compare, you can't compare it to Star Wars, but because it is a Star Wars parody, you start, you kind of compare it to Star Wars a little bit, and there's a lot of dead space to the movie, that I noticed where you have um, you have uh, a scene where characters are talking, and in Star Wars, there's a running score, like a musical score, throughout the entire film from beginning to end. Okay, yeah. And it's very rare when the music stops in Star Wars. This movie, there'll be dead pans where there'll be nothing, and they didn't <laughs> yeah. they didn't have the score, and I and I pick up on it and it bugs me sometimes when I watch the movie. So certain scenes I think take longer in my head because there's nothing going on in certain aspects and you're just like waiting. For, and it's like, even, and here's the thing, and I'm not trying to undersell it. So someone, someone says, Oh man, I thought I was going to watch Spaceballs, but Drew didn't like it. No, it's the, like these couple seconds that make me go, huh, that's interesting that there's no music there. Or there's no something, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. So I it, and and maybe it's because I got the curtain pulled back on how the cheese is made, I guess. So, um, because I know how it all works behind the scenes, it maybe I'm looking at it through a different prism. But when I was a kid, I loved the movie, and I just don't know if it's aged with me the way, like, like it didn't grow up with me the way I grew up. If that makes sense. I love the movie, though, so if it's on, I always stop and watch it, because there's some wonderful, wonderful <laughs> scenes in the movie, so... Yeah. Um, I, I guess I had a pretty similar experience with this movie, where I, um, like, I loved it as a kid, and for a while I didn't like it as much, and it kind of goes with some of the reasons you're giving, but I think, like, in the last couple of years, I've rewatched it a couple times, and, uh... I, find, I found, like, a lot of stuff to appreciate in the movie that I didn't before, you know, when I was younger. Yeah. And that was, like, a lot to do with, like, just uh, mannerisms of certain characters and kind of more subtle <laughs> things that you notice as an adult where, you know, as a kid, you're in it for the slapstick jokes and the potty humor. And, like, I was kind of noticing a lot more just, the, like, the subtle, like, mannerism-type jokes that I think are hilarious. And then just, like, 
I like that this movie has like so many catchphrases and like you can kind of riff back and forth with your friends about it and stuff. Um, I'm not going to disagree that like there is probably definitely some dead space in the movie. And uh, if you compare it to Star Wars, like the set design and stuff like that, like can't even come close, but I still appreciate it for what it is. So what I hope in terms of space balls, what I hope they do, I really do is that I hope, this is the perfect opportunity because he made Spaceballs when Star Wars was at its absolute prime. And back in the day, back in the 70s and 80s, and Star Wars was in its prime, and he made that movie. And in the movie, there's a joke where he says, we'll all come back for Spaceballs 2, the search for more money. <laughs> yes. But the subtitle of his movie was The Search for More Money. Which is hysterical because when you look at what Star Wars is now, if he were to make Spaceballs 2, even with that title, it's so meta absolutely, and true at the same time, it's hysterical. So I honestly hope that they do a Spaceballs 2. Um, so Mel Brooks did say, like, during, uh, after The Force Awakens came out, he did say he was going to start working on Spaceballs 2 again. But because it was kind of like Star Wars fever was like reignited. Exactly. Force Awakens first came out. You do got to remember, though, Pete, that that's when they used to make movies in Hollywood. So uh, they don't do that anymore. Um, So what do you mean by that, though? Because of the coronavirus, they don't make movies. Well, what what I was saying is like Mel Brooks said that. No, I know. Anything about it since. And like. At this point, I don't think it's going to happen, even though it'd be so funny, and there's so many different things he could say about Star Wars and everything, but, I mean, it might never happen, and that's okay if it doesn't, but, yeah. Yeah. No, sorry, I was was trying to make a coronavirus joke, because they don't make movies anymore because of the coronavirus. No, I mean, (laughs) I appreciate it, I just didn't get it right away. (laughs) It's all all good. Um, All right, so this uh, goes into my next pick, uh, which is Apollo 13, Um, which falls in line kind of like the Martian thing where the uh, half space, half NASA, the the space rescue. Um, What's different about Apollo 13 versus the Martian is Apollo 13 is a true story. Um, So, but I wasn't alive for when Apollo 13 happened, but the facts are all out there. So like I can read about it um, on a factual level and then you see the movie um, this is just a well-made movie, beginning to yeah. end. Like, Ron Howard, I mean, it is a masterpiece of a movie. Um, Tom Hanks is great, Bill Paxton's great, uh, Kevin Bacon's phenomenal. Like, the, the cast, like, they couldn't have cast it any better. It's just so good. Um, and it's gripping and it's intense, and there's no biased opinion about any of the events that unfolded because all they have is the facts that they can put together. And um, it's it's just a really, really good movie. Um so those, I mean, all I can really say about it is go see Apollo 13 because it's phenomenal. Um, yeah, I, I, I actually really love this one, too. I um, This didn't make my list, and I think um, a big part of my list had a lot to do with rewatchability. Like, and I, not that this movie isn't, I was just thinking of, like, me personally, what space movies have I watched a million times? And that's kind sure. of had a big factor in factor in this list because pretty much all my movies I've watched like a shitload <laughs> for lack of a better term but uh right uh this one is like just thinking about it like it's such like grave is the wrong term but the sub subject matter is so serious but I think the way it's written there's enough like whimsy in the dialogue and stuff that's like there's kind of a good balance like I'm just thinking about like uh 
I don't know. I remember that there's a scene where, like, I it, I think it's Tom Hanks, but I might be wrong, has, like, a frozen hot dog in space. And, like, there's all these, like, little, like, super subtle things that kind of keep the movie fun, even though it's, like, really, really dreary. And there's, like, a cool, like, balance there. Um, and just think about the movie, like, I think you said, like, all the actors just nailed their performances. And, like, the characters in this movie are so good and so memorable, so... Yeah, this is a great one. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say about it, but yeah, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like I, I, the same. Everything I said about the Martian can be said about Apollo thirteen because, in a, in a technical sense, they're very similar stories. Uh, one just deals with a real life, actual like NASA catastrophe that happened for real, and the other one is a yeah. little science fiction because, um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was thinking about Apollo 13 when you were talking about The Martian, so... Oh, okay. Yeah, that's... And I, it's very clear that the guy who wrote The Martian was thinking about Apollo 13 when he wrote it. Um, <laughs> just funny. because just because of how it lays out, but because, you know, when you think about a Martian and, like, everything that transpired, it's... Yeah, it's... It's really good, and it's... It's just how they put it together in modern terms, so... Nice. Yeah. All right, man. What is your last pick for the night? So my last one, I didn't mean for it to go this way, uh, but my last one is Guardians of the Galaxy, the uh, first that's, one. That's so, still a solid movie to end on. So. Oh, absolutely. So this is one where, um, so I mentioned Galaxy Quest earlier, and uh, since this one has Galaxy in the title, I accidentally crossed it off my list as well. <laughs> so that's how I got it. <laughs> oh. So, but this one, uh, this movie did such a good job of just kind of becoming this, like, instant classic. And not even if you measure it in terms of Marvel movies, but I think this movie did such a good job of just, like, becoming, like, this sort of, like, instant classic space sci-fi movie, um, even though, like, it just came out. But, like, ev- like, pretty much anybody I talk to loves this movie. It's hilarious. I think there's a lot of cool... Um, action scenes, space stuff like that. Um, but there's also like, oh man, I'm kind of losing my train of thought. I just, uh, I really like this one. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's all good. Yeah, it's all good. Um, no, Guardians of the Galaxy is great. And we've talked heavily about Marvel, but they did, they just did a nice job of trying to put that together. And people went into that movie, not knowing what to expect, like, cause they were such an obscure comic book title. Um, even comic yeah. book fans were like, man, they're really doing this. All right. I don't know how this is going to play out, you know? So we all went into that movie, not expecting how good that movie was going to be. Um, you don't yeah, even have, you don't even have to be, so I'm going to say, look, if you haven't watched Guardians of the Galaxy because you're like, I'm not in the comic book movies, you need to go watch this movie because of how separate it is from the rest of everything. Um, it's only linked if you really pay attention to what's going on in the MCU films. But if you watch it as a standalone movie, it, it sits on its own and it's great. Yeah. Um, so. I do I do remember, I was thinking of one thing and I lost it earlier, but... So the second Guardians movie, I really like as well, and I think like um, I think the plot of the second movie has a like it's kind of like pretty philosophical, like kind of the main conflict that uh, Star Lord Star Lord is dealing with. But when it comes down to it, like I still have to say the first one I really think is the better movie, and that just comes down to like character moments and uh, just like how good of a job like this one did of like cementing itself as like that instant classic when it came out yeah um and then uh yeah i 
think that's mostly what I have to say for that for that one. But and I agree wholeheartedly with what you just yeah. said. So, <laughs> um, all right. So my final pick of the night. Wow, we're actually running long. Um, my final pick of the night is Aliens, the second. Okay, one. nice. Um, it's of everything we said about the first Alien film, they basically took the idea of the Alien film being a haunted house in space, and they said, "How do we turn it up to eleven and make it more terrifying?" And what I loved about Aliens, the second one, is that because an alien, it's just the one alien. And it's a, and like I said, it's a haunted house. What made Aliens cooler to me was it focused more on the team dynamic of the Marines and everyone going in to like do their rescue mission. But the aliens were everywhere. There were there were thousands of them, and they were coming out of the woodwork. And you didn't like you you could be in a room and there'd be like six, and you wouldn't know they're in there. And it made the aliens scary because you didn't know. And then, like, when the little girl, Newt, she goes into the water, and you're just like, dude, there's an, I know there's an <laughs> alien in there. Like, you know. Yeah. And she's just waiting for, like, she, they're like, sit tight, we'll get you. And then they cut to that shot with her, and she's standing in the water, and it's just, like, glass still. Um, and you're just like, an alien's going to come out of the water. I just know it. Like, you know. And you're on the edge of your seat, and they introduce you to new concepts, like, you have a better understanding about how the alien reproduces and the, the just the study of it's kind of like the idea of how an organism reproduces and creates life and how it becomes a species and then the way that the writers and directors and like the art design and everything put together the sequence and how this species this fictional species creates itself or like reproduces the reproduction of a, of a species um, and how it how it gestates and all it's just it's so good um and it's just a brilliant put together um so from the first movie to this movie um i just think aliens as a second movie um falls under the tropes of so there's very there's only a couple franchises that i feel that um the second movie is so good you could technically skip the first one and that right. and that would be aliens uh, Terminator 2, and um, I'd really have to do some thinking and see if there were any others. But those two specifically, like, you could skip the first one, just watch the sequel, and you know everything you need to, and the movies are astounding. Yeah. So. I mean, the whole, like, skipping the first one, it's hard to come up with ones, but, I mean, there's a couple other franchises where the second one's the, the better movie. Um, yeah. Like, Dark Knight is coming to mind for me, even though Batman Begins is awesome. Oh, like, yeah. I look, The Dark I, Knight is a better movie. You know? Totally agree with you there. Uh, what was that? Sorry. I said totally agree with you there. The Dark Knight is yeah. the better... Like, if, if, you know, I don't want to say you skip Batman Begins because it's, it's a good still, movie. Yeah, it's still watchable. But um, <laughs> you don't want to skip Alien because it's such a fantastic film and sets up Aliens really well. Yeah. But you can watch Aliens without having any knowledge of the first movie. Oh, I got, I got what you're saying. And yeah, Aliens like, is so good, you don't need to have seen the first film. Yeah, because, um, like, I didn't want to say, like, skip Terminator either. Like, you know, no. you should definitely watch the first one as well. Well, but I, 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 what you mean. I watched Terminator 2 before I ever saw Terminator, and Terminator 2 was so good, I didn't need any of that background information. It's all there. Like, everything I needed was in yeah. the movie, and it was just great. Um, you know, I did. I, I think um, another franchise that kind of like almost like <laughs> I don't know the right words, but like 
Um, another franchise that's the perfect like epitome of that is the Evil Dead series. <laughs> oh like, yeah, absolutely. Like, no need to watch the first one, even though I do really love the first Evil Dead, and I think there's like some good scares and some awesome practical effects. Like the second movie just like completely negates the first one, <laughs> <laughs> right. almost to a fault, which is pretty funny. Yeah, but, very, uh, very much so. Um, um commenting on aliens because you've said a lot there and i know we've talked a lot about this movie on the show but uh thinking about it i don't know it would be hard to say which like if you took alien versus aliens which movie was more influential on pop culture i don't know what the answer to that is because i'm just thinking about like i feel like aliens had so such a influence on like first-person shooter video games, for example, and uh, you think of so many things used, like, Space Marines, like, you have Warhammer and Halo and stuff, and, like, I feel like there's... It's it's easy to say Alien did, because it was such, like, uh, there's so many new concepts and, like, how it influenced horror and science fiction, but then you think of the second one, and it's really a toss-up, I think. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a big point. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, that kind of brings us to the end of the list, man. Uh, yeah. What, uh, it's your pick for next week. What are we doing? Yeah, so everything lately has been uh, feeling like pretty post-apocalyptic, I'd say. And I kind of wanted to keep that vibe going. <laughs> <laughs> as silly as that sounds. Um, but I thought it'd be cool. This is a list I thought of a while ago that I think could be really fun. And that's our top five members in our zombie apocalypse survival team. So basically we're doing a list of five people that we would want on our team if there was a zombie apocalypse. So these can be, uh, I guess they would be all fictitious people. I was going to say real people, but I I don't think we're going to pick any real people anyways. So, um, but yeah, that's, I don't know if you have any questions or I'm marking it end of the world team. Okay. Fair enough. I, 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 I guess I like the zombie thing just because it makes me think a little bit more about combat specifically. But if you want to think of it, end, end of the world. I'm well. only marking an end of the world theme is team because we are currently at the end of the world. Um, okay. So that's the only reason I wanted to word it that way. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. Um, that's perfect. Uh, I'm down. That's on, that'll, that'll be a fun debate anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're, we could roll through it pretty quick though. Um, so we'll see how things play out. Um, all right. You never know, because you could, like, strategize characters with it. You could get pretty deep with it. So I mean, unfortunately, best. like, as long as Superman's on your team, like, I... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know? guess there's some people that'll it'd be, like, pretty cheap. But like, we'll you, like you put Superman on your team, you kind of don't need anything, because you're just like, hey, Supes, there's some zombies, and he just kind of goes, no worries, and just, like, I-beams them all. So, <laughs> yeah. just a I mean, quick... Could put Doctor Manhattan on your team, and then it'd be like even more ridiculous. Yeah, that's so. the thing. So, do you want to have any like stipulation to this? Like any rules? Oh uh, no. Okay. <laughs> we can go all out. Well, I want Doctor Manhattan, Superman, and like you know, like uh, yeah. Thanos with the gauntlet. Like you know, like what? <laughs> <laughs> Thanos with the gauntlet. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe uh, we might have to talk a little bit more about this off air and see if we come up with any rules. <laughs> well, that's why I'm like, holy crap. If you said, like, yeah, all right, yeah, think, how about this? You think if there's any special rules so we can go with that. But for right now, it's, like, the five people we want on our end-of-the-world team. Yeah. So. Yes. Um, all right. 
Well, that kind of brings us to the end of the episode. Uh, sorry if we ran a little long, but we were enjoying the little tangents we were off on. Um, <laughs> if you guys will do us a favor and check out our website at top5report.com, you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with a link to our email, top5report at gmail.com. You can interact with us on the show at the email, or you can hit us up on our social media. Um, we are on Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts. Um, there you can subscribe to us, and if you do, you will not miss a single episode. Along with that, you will um, be able to leave us a review. We love the five stars, but we also understand criticism because it helps us get better and it makes the words we say sound important. You can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Uh, Peter? Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre, and that's where I will be advertising our new podcast, Top 5 2, The Search for More Money. <laughs> what? <laughs> I actually had that uh, planned before we went on that tangent. Earlier, oh, so. <laughs> that, that's funny. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone, for the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. Uh, thanks for listening. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Have a good night, everybody.